Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. My co-host today is Doug Wortham. And on today's show, we're going to hear from the Minneapolis VA and check in with the Hugo Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Our state's Yellow Ribbon Networks are an incredible resource as we work to connect service members, veterans, military families, employers, and communities. They help ensure the resilience of those who serve. Started right here in Minnesota, our Yellow Ribbon program is now the model for networks across the nation. Since we proclaimed our first Yellow Ribbon Network in 2008, hundreds more have emerged in counties, cities, communities, and at companies statewide. These self-sustaining networks draw together agencies, community leaders, and volunteers. They strive to support the service members, veterans, and military families of any age and from any era that live and work in their area. The continued growth and improvement of this program are vitally important as service members and their families continue to adapt to increasing demands and training requirements as we see across the force. To all of our incredibly generous and dedicated Yellow Ribbon volunteers, thank you. Your help ensures our service members and their families remain resilient and ready to serve. If you are ready to join the Yellow Ribbon Network near you or make your large company or community Yellow Ribbon, please visit mnbtyr.ng.mil. That's mnbtyr.ng. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. As I said at the opening, we're going to learn about some new communication skills and devices at the Minneapolis VA healthcare system. And here to help us uh, investigate that is uh, Doug Wortham. Doug, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Hey, Tom. Uh, it's great, of course, to be in the studio here with you once again and co-hosting this great program. Doug, it seems the last couple of years of the pandemic, things have changed everywhere, and we're going to find out today they've changed out at the VA Medical Center as well. Yeah, I think for uh, our listening audience who've been uh, participants or uh, visitors to that VA, they, they've seen some of these changes, and uh, we're going to bring in our first guest of uh, the program today, and this is Dr. Dan Greenwood. Uh, Dr. Greenwood is the Program Director for Patient Education and Connected Health out at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. Uh, Dan, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you in the studio and uh, and take this opportunity to talk to you a little bit about kind of how things have really changed out at the VA. Um, but before we do that, I'd like to just get a little bit of background about you. I know that you've been at the VA for about 15 years now. What what brought you into the VA healthcare system, and then kind of what your career look like to get you to where you are now? Yeah, so I did undergrad at St. John's University, um, and then came to the VA as an intern uh, to become a dietitian. And I have stayed with the VA because working with the patient population there is just really special. Um, I think the unique thing about the veteran population is they truly continue to give. Um, I look at the number of veterans that we have that participate in research, look at the number of veterans that have signed up to get their COVID vaccine. I mean, I just think the veteran population is is really special. Um, I spent about 10 years working as a clinical dietitian. I started with the MOVE program. A lot of people are probably familiar with that. That's our weight management program. I also then worked in our spinal cord injury and disorder center for about eight years. Um, and then the last five, I've been in education. And then I think the last uh, two years, the program director um, and starting a new job as a program director overseeing patient communication in the midst of a global pandemic has been a wild ride. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, when most people think about the VA, at least I do, you know, we, we think about the medical 
uh, portion of or segment of the VA, right, those that provide that medical or health care to us, um, I wasn't even uh, aware that there was an educational program that would require a doctor in there. So uh, how, how did this uh, come about and, you know, what kind of things do you do inside of that uh, program area? Yeah, so the team, and I would say I've got a team I supervise, but really we work collaboratively across the whole healthcare system. Um, when the pandemic started, we had to assess our communication channels. And um, really with that, information was changing so quickly. So I look at the rollout of the vaccine, who is eligible for the vaccine, our visitor guidelines, all of those things were changing. Then on the second component of that, people were using technology more than ever. So we've really built up our communication channels really just to help reach people in these ever-changing times. So as a result of of COVID, the pandemic, uh, you've really been forced to kind of beef up the means in which you use to communicate. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So we have more people using My Healthy Vet, which is the patient's electronic, electronic health record than ever before. Um, Gov Delivery is our email communication. You can subscribe to that by going to our, our website. It also says social media. So we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. A lot of people are going to be familiar with vet text, which is the appointment reminders. And so all veterans uh, can receive appointment reminder text messages. And then also our contact call center, we've expanded our hours. So 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, so the, the the program, or excuse me, the department that you handle, you work with all of that communication effort. And so is that internal just to the Minneapolis VA? Are there things that you've created just for the population that you serve? Yeah, so I would say most of these tools, and so especially like my healthy vet, that's widespread. Minneapolis VA has really been one of the leaders for other technologies, so like our VA mobile apps. So if people just search in an internet browser VA mobile apps, they're going to get our VA app store. Minneapolis, and I'd say the St. Cloud VA as well, has really been at the cusp of that. There's some really great ones that are out there uh, in terms of apps that people can use, say, on a smartphone. Um, And so VA Health Chat is one that I think people are raving about Probably it's it's the best app that we have. And so um, instead of calling the call center, people can chat through the app with our call center. They can schedule appointments. They can talk to a pharmacist. Um, they can talk to a nurse. And so that's available from 730 until 430, any of our business days. We're speaking with Dan Greenwood. He's the program director for patient education and connected health out of the Minneapolis VA healthcare system. So obviously... Um, communication is extremely important um, to our veterans and our veterans back to the Minneapolis uh, healthcare system, to the providers, to the doctors. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, really the, the reasoning why you're trying to maintain this connection. I mean, other than for, um, you know, like appointment purposes, but w- what other things are you trying to um, keep our veterans connected to as it relates to the Minneapolis VA or veterans health in general? Yes, I would say it can be veteran benefits is a big component of our communication. If you go to our Facebook page right now, you can learn about a number of different evolving benefit um, pieces. I would also say just initiative. So my life, my story, if you go to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, my life, my story is this great initiative that we've had 250 veterans um, record their life story um, with some trained volunteers and employees at the Minneapolis VA. Um, It's Veteran Experience Week or Patient Experience Week right now. Um, Really, I think at the heart of our patient experience is the veteran story. 
in their life experiences. And so my life, my story is about sharing the veteran story and capturing that story really in a historical context. Um, and one, I think that helps us as clinicians really honor the veteran um, as just that unique person. And is that something that is actually then unique to Minneapolis VA, or is that something that goes on across the entire network? So it's a national program, but I would again say Minneapolis, I think, has been one of the leaders for that program. And is it an interesting that it seemed like uh, the Minneapolis healthcare, VA healthcare system leads the way in, in many different uh, areas as it relates to our healthcare and just standard of care? Wouldn't you agree with that? I do agree with that, yes. And so it must uh, be great for you to be able to tell those stories then as well. So as a part of the the program director with communication, you have that opportunity to continue to push that message out and, and just share the great things that you're doing. And I think it's a great way to complement and share the clinical services that we have. And even beyond that, all of all of the services, services that we have at the VA. Um, I think what I would want our veteran listeners to know is we are here for you and we want to be where you are. And so if you're online, if you're on your phone, if you're a phone person and you want to pick up the phone and call, like we will work with you so that you can access our great services and reach you in any way that we that you prefer, I would say. We have just uh, under a minute left here for this segment, but you mentioned previously about the VA Health Chat. Is that something that started as a result of the pandemic? So it started in 2018. And then I would say... Now it's heavily utilized as a result of people are using smartphones more than they ever have. Yeah, a- absolutely. You can't go anywhere without uh, someone pulling out a smartphone to do something, to research something. As a matter of fact, just before the show here, we were talking about the app. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the app when we come back from the break, but I quickly downloaded it and there it is. It's on my phone now and uh, we can talk about all the services that might provide for us or resources uh, right after this break. So with that, we will take a quick break. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. We're on Minnesota Military Radio. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. My co-host today is Doug Wortham, and we've been talking about how veterans communicate with the Minneapolis VA healthcare system. And uh, Doug, uh, whenever I talk to uh, Director Kelly, he tells me that uh, some semblance of normal is coming back, but my sense is there's a new normal. It's going to look different than it did before the pandemic. Yeah, I think that we do need to establish what that new normal looks like. And, and I'd like to come back to, uh, to Dr. Dan Greenwood. So, Dan, when we talk about what life was like before pandemic, life during pandemic, life moving forward, there's obviously been a lot of changes inside of uh, the VA healthcare system. And I guess I'd rather call them enhancements, right, because we want to be able to uh, take care of, of our veterans, the needs that they have, and as a result— uh, there's been some things that we had to do virtually to continue that care. And now, as we're going to what is the next normal, what are you seeing as it relates to virtual appointments and cares compared to people coming back in the office now or back into the actual uh, to see a person to get that visit and that health care? How is, how is that working inside the VA now? Yeah, I really see it as veteran preference. Um, and then efficiency of care. And so I think some of these technologies have really enhanced our efficiency. And then I'll use myself as an example. I've got young kids um, driving to the hospital or driving to a clinic. I mean, if I can do that appointment at home, my wife is much happier. So obviously people were forced to go to this virtual means. And um, some people like it. 
Some people don't. They can't wait to get back into the office. But what, what I'm hearing you say is from the healthcare perspective, uh, you're going to continue to work with the customer, our veterans, and allow them to make that choice. And if they want to continue doing virtual and it's feasible, then that's what you're going to allow. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. All of our in-person services are available. Um, but people can also, these new tools that they've learned, they can le- leverage them. Um, and so I think that's just one positive of the pandemic. Okay. So when uh, when we were talking before about the chat uh, function, uh, that opens up a whole bunch of other um, resources and availability. So now, even though it's been there, you said since 2018, it's more widely used. Uh, our, our veterans are able to go in and chat directly to um, a, a doctor, um, what exactly can they use that function for? Yeah, so it's a way to not have to pick up the phone and call the call center. So it's communicating with our call center. So you can schedule an appointment, talk to a pharmacist, or you can talk to a nurse who then can triage and then actually do a, a handoff to, say, a virtual appointment. Um, or they can schedule an appointment for you to set up an appointment with your provider. And I think it'd be interesting to know some of those success stories. I know that uh, I was receiving some uh, some care out at the VA. I was doing some physical therapy, and I had to have my iPad set up so that the doctor could watch me or the physical therapist could watch me to make sure I was doing my exercises properly. I understand you've got some unique uh, experience with that as well. Maybe you'd like to share that. Yeah, so VA Video Connect, if you go to just an Internet browser and you search VA Video Connect, it's essentially like FaceTime, but it, it's the VA secure version of it. And so I was talking to a patient on the phone, and he had said that he had a wound on his foot uh, or a cut, he described it as. And so through VA Video Connect, I was able to say, well, let's see it. And so I just sent him the link to his email. He opened up the link on his smartphone um, and then showed me, and and it was not a cut. It was a pretty significant wound that needed some immediate medical attention. And so from that, we were able to triage. And so I think the great thing that our providers love about these new technologies is we can get eyes on things that we need to see. Or before we were just relying on a description over a phone. That sounds like maybe a typical description that uh, maybe a stubborn veteran might have. You know, it's just a small cut when, in fact, it's a a wound. (laughs) Uh, That's another story, I would imagine. So there's just so many resources available, right? I mean, you've got the chat you're talking about. Um, I want to talk about My Health EVET, um, the the changes that are coming um, to there with the um, login process. But how, how can our our veterans find out a little bit more about some of the resources or or really all of these resources that are available um, so that they know where to go in order to tap into those. Start with va.gov. And then again, I would just say in your internet browser, you can search Minneapolis VA. We are where you are. So if you're on your phone, if you're on a computer, if you want to pick up the phone and call, we're available in all those different mediums. I would say uh, va.gov. And then you can search VA mobile to learn about some of those different technologies that exist. We're speaking with Dan Greenwood. He's the Program Director for Patient Education and Connected Health at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. Um, My Health Yvette, did I say that correctly? And what kind of changes to the login process are are coming that we should be aware of? Yes, it was planned for April, but it's been delayed now as um, National is just making it work optimally. Um, Just like your bank accounts or just like your Gmail account, there's going to be two-way authentication. And so My Healthy Vet and all these technology tools, they change and evolve and enhance. And so what I would say is no matter what the changes are, you should utilize these tools and learn about these tools because it just is going to help improve your healthcare experience. 
So is there any big lesson learned here um, as it relates to what we experienced going into and then out of or even through the pandemic as it relates to your ability to effectively communicate with your audience or veterans? We really have robust communication channels that didn't exist before. We know that people read our emails. We know that people follow us on social media. And so what I would encourage your listeners to do is check them out. So, again, we are where you are. Um, you can find us wherever you're online. And and you, you track that. And, and I don't mean necessarily tracking to the individual person, but, but you know people are using these resources because of whatever um, – I'm not a tech person. So there's a way that you know that it's effective. And so as you, as this program director, see something's effective, I imagine you turn it up just a little bit more so you can expand that reach. Yeah. So we survey through patient satisfaction and um, really how people are hearing about our different initiatives. And so if people get a mailed survey, if they get an email survey, we ask, like, how did you hear about our services? And so what we know is that people love the emails that we send out. They think our social media is really well done. They know that our website is one of the cleanest in the whole VA. Um, and so I think we listen to veterans, we refine our communication systems, and really have built them up to meet the needs. And is there one that's more popular than the other? You know, the, I would say, the, I know Brad Abazinski, the public affairs officer, has been here. Um, what he's done with Gov Delivery, I think, has been really impressive. So that's our email distribution. You can go to our website, go to the bottom, and I'll say sign up for email updates. We have about 60,000 people that subscribe to that. Yeah, that that's great. And yeah, Brad uh, has shared many, many messages here on the program. And of course, we get to hear from the director on a regular basis, too. And, you know, our goal here on Minnesota Military Radio, of course, is to continue to share these resources, the benefits available to our to our veterans. And, and we appreciate uh, uh, the opportunity to have you come in to talk about this, which leads me to um, one of the things that I'd like to know a little bit about is what's on the horizon. So, we, we've got lessons learned. We've done some things. We know what's been successful. But what other um, things do you see coming for our veterans or other things that you're working on maybe that might come in the future? Yeah, so I think the pandemic has resulted in some neglected conditions. Um, I look at Senator Amy Klobuchar and her diagnosis of breast cancer. We want veterans to come back and get the care that maybe they've neglected in those two years. Um, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I've gained some weight during the pandemic. We've got a great move program, our weight management program. We want people to plug back in and we want to help you live the life that you want. Yeah, that, that's uh, great advice. Get reconnected if you've taken a little bit of a break. Um, it's safe to come back. We still have uh, protocols in place, however, uh, yeah. for COVID, I would imagine. And uh, there's no reason not to get the care since you can do it through the virtual means. And now um, all your services are available in person. Correct. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, that's uh, Dan Greenwood. He is the director for the Patient Education and Connected Health out of the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. Uh, doctor, I'd like to say thanks for coming into Minnesota, Minnesota Military Radio and spending some time with us. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank that, you, Doctor. When we come back, we're going to learn about the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. My co-host today is Doug Wortham. And in a moment, we're going to talk about the Hugo Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now, here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. 
Have you served honorably? Are you a Minnesota resident? And are you interested in higher education? If you answered yes to these questions, you may be eligible for education benefits in Minnesota. The Minnesota GI Bill program provides post-secondary educational assistance to eligible Minnesota veterans, non-veterans who have served in the military, and eligible spouses and children. The purpose of this bill is to get Minnesota veterans back to work. The plan starts with education, and the first step is finding the financial assistance available to get them there. For full eligibility requirements, visit minnesotaveteran.org. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Doug, uh, we've got a wonderful character going to join us on the, on this segment and the next segment, and you won't believe this, but at one time he owned his own business. He served on the Hugo City Council from uh, 1998 to 2021. He's lived in Hugo since 1991, and he's the chair of the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network since 2009. And anybody that's been in the Minnesota National Guard uh, since uh, the, the Hugo Yellow Ribbon has been around knows what his name is. You're absolutely right. Um, you can't talk to anybody who doesn't know something about the guy from that Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network, uh, a guy by the name of Chuck Haas. Chuck, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Go ahead. Production. Thanks, fellas. Well, Chuck, you've been, you've been doing things with the Hugo Yellow Ribbon for a long time, and you've been supporting Minnesota Military Family Foundation Golf Classic for a long time, and I I still want to know, Uncle Chuck, what have you been doing with my granddaughter out there? Teaching her how to drive. Uh, that's what I thought. She is a good driver, and she does have her license now, so you must have done okay. All right. She's legal. All right. got to get to work now. All right. Because you and your network of people in Washington County and really all over the Twin Cities and all those great people out in Hugo have been really busy putting together care packages and sending them to our troops when they deploy. This goes back how many years? Well, we started in 2010. And uh, you sent a few of those since then. Yeah, I only kept track since 2012, but we've sent uh, 78,000 pounds of care packages. And that includes Girl Scout cookies and thing, uh, Christmas cards and what kind of stuff was in those packages? Well, some of the craziest things, we had the 34th MPs when they were in Guantanamo Bay had a couple of those motorized bicycles donated. That's right. And and when you were shut down during the pandemic and couldn't do your cheeseburger night, they were doing it down there. Yeah, they had a remote site. <laughs> Hugo Yellow Ribbon Burger Night remote site at Naval Base Guantanamo. And then you've been sending out a bunch of logoed coffee. Yeah, a lot of uh Red Bull blend, Red Devil blend. Um, there's Bast- another bastard blend. Well, I wasn't going to say that on yeah, your show. But that's yeah, okay. yeah, that's bastard okay. blend. Well, it's a family show, but I mean, it is a specific brand, so we can we can mention it. All right. Well, you can explain that nickname because it's the nickname of that outfit, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, one of the one nine four um, are, are the bastards, and uh, long historic. Is that the right word I'm supposed History. to use? History. Hist- like yeah, to, way back. Way back in time. It goes back to World War II. That's right. And you Baton. sent them some uh, some bastard coffee when uh, they were over in uh, Kuwait in uh, their most recent uh, deployment. Yes, we did. And uh, we sent uh, all sorts of you know Girl Scout cookies and uh, beef jerky and Crystal Light drink mix and some hygiene items for hygiene, out the, hygiene out the items those little air fresheners cuz uh, yeah all sorts of things yeah. yeah i understand you sent so many of them that they they were giving them away to other outfits too well yeah they they do that they sh- you know share them with uh, you know the people in different parts of the country 
Yeah, good. absolutely, they do, and you know they share them with the other uh, military members that are there, not just for members from the Minnesota National Guard. And and I know from speaking with the uh, the commander that they had more than enough uh, uh, stock in supply to not only support their soldiers but also soldiers on the uh, the base as well. Last week we got a picture back from the NEMU, the Naval Expeditionary Medical Unit in Herbal Iraq that we sent cookies to, and they shared them with the soldiers from the Dutch Army. <laughs> they probably, they even know about Hugo. How about that? <laughs> there you go, all over the world. We're speaking with Chuck Haas from the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network on Minnesota Military Radio. Doug, uh, since uh, uh, 2001, Minnesota National Guard has had federal deployments all over the world. I don't know what how many of the numbers are. Uh, can you can you give us just a little quick background on that? Boy, you're really putting me on the spot. Um, I, I won't even venture to guess the number of deployments that uh, our Minnesota National Guard members have uh, have gone on. I just know this, that whenever the call has come in, uh, members from our Minnesota Army and Air National Guard have been able to support it. And Minnesota's always done a great job in supporting uh, when our local and or national needs arise. And when our Army National Guard go out, they usually go out as a unit, and they, and they usually go out for a year at a time. And that means that all of those Minnesotans and, and people from the Minnesota National Guard, all those soldiers are going to miss out on hunting and fishing. Yeah, you know, and, and that's an important uh, part of living here in Minnesota, isn't it? Regardless of uh, what your your status is, Army, Air, doesn't matter what service you serve in. Um, but that leads me to the, the question I want to ask of you, because of, uh, to Chuck, is I've been able to participate in this great thing out in Hugo at Wild Wings and, and do the pheasant hunt um, twice. And uh, it, it is just an unbelievable day. And I, I just want to know, how did you get that organized? And how long have you been doing it? And, you know, what? how many soldiers, airmen, service members have come through, if you know, I do. how to participate? Yeah. It got started back in 2009. My old hunting buddy, Mike Polina, who was the chair of the Stillwater Yellow Ribbon Network, he and I were sitting around on a cloudy, windy, rainy day complaining that we couldn't go hunting that day. And then it it hit us. Wait a minute. The Red Bulls are deployed. They're missing a whole hunting season. We got to do something about that. So we went over to Wild Wings and we said, what do you guys think if we did this? And a, a couple of guys who were business owners said, well, I'll kick in a thousand bucks. Another guy said, I'll kick in another thousand. So it got started. You know, and it's interesting is that uh, you, you show up out there. Of course, you register, but you don't even have to own uh, a shotgun. One is provided to you. The ammo is provided to you. The guides come out. The dogs are there. And then you top it off with a fantastic meal. Yeah, it's a wonderful uh, a whole host of people get together to make this happen. The sponsors, the business owners, the guides at Wild Wings, the owners of Wild Wings, the owners of Wild Wings, uh, Jeff and Sue Hughes have done a remarkable job of supporting us and big discounts and all sorts of help. And um, so we started in, in uh, 2010 when the um, 34th Infantry Division came back from Basra, Iraq. And since then, we've had 26 welcome home hunts. And that was my first hunt was when we got back from Basra. And mm -hmm. what a day it was. Yeah, it was a nice, beautiful day. And uh, we've had over 2,500 uh, soldiers and airmen and Every now and then, uh, uh, somebody from the naval unit and somewhere shows up. And so we've had quite a few folks. And every now and then, we had a, one sponsor said, I'd, I'd like to sponsor a field, but I want it to be all Vietnam veterans. So we, we dug up some Vietnam veterans. 
<laughs> I want to just repeat this. 26 times following deployments, yes, you've had welcome home hunts Every... out to Wild Wings of Onika, and they come out there, and it's free, and they hunt, and they get a wild game feed, and they get to take home some pheasants. Clean and... frozen birds they get to take home. Yeah, 20... Every Minnesota uh, Air or Army Guard unit that has returned from overseas deployment has been invited to their own hunt. I imagine those soldiers and airmen were smiling quite a bit for that free day yes. to go out there and catch up a little bit after deployment. Yeah, they have an opportunity, you know, when they're, you know, at drill weekend or when they're deployed, they're they're doing their Army stuff. And here they just can do fun stuff together. And they sign Great up and they fill them up and out they come. When's, have you got another one scheduled, Chuck? Uh, not yet, no. Well, fortunately... Doug, this is great news. The Minnesota Army and Air, Air National Guards are settled down, and most of them are home right now for a change. Mm-hmm. And I hope that sticks around for a little while so they can get rested up. But when the next group goes, Chuck's going to be out there. Yeah. I think you can put money on that. And that it's always great to have that continued support um, from, from Chuck and the whole Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network. He's just been fantastic, and I, I can't say thanks enough. Well, we're happy to do it. We have a wonderful network of supporters in the Hugo area. There's all sorts of people, not just in Hugo, but all over who want to do something to help our soldiers and airmen and these Yellow Ribbon Network programs like Hugo connect them and give them the opportunity to do that. Chuck, we have to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about some other activities of the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network with Chuck Haas. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, and my co-host today is Doug Wortham. We've been talking to Chuck Haas, who is the chair of the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network and uh, all of the great things they do out there with uh, care packages and welcome home hunts and and all of the things they do. But, Chuck, uh, one thing that I've seen, I'm on your email list, is that when anybody in Twin Cities seems like if any military family needs something special, uh, they get through to you. And you arranged to, to fill the request. And there's several times that I recall that there was a fire or something happened and a family was displaced and, and they needed some furniture. And here comes an email from Chuck. we got a military family lives over here and they need a house full of furniture. And you turn that around so quickly, it's unbelievable. Tell me how that works. Well, we're fortunate to have a robust distribution list. Almost 400 people are on it. And... Um, when I send out a, a request, it just seems to get answered by somebody. And uh, sometimes my biggest job is to email back the second, third, and fourth person and said, thanks, but you were too slow. <laughs> too slow. We felt it already. I've seen it when uh, people needed help be, get moved. Uh, people need help uh, to fix something at their house. Uh, there's a whole list of different kind of requests you process. Yeah. Well, last week someone donated a king-size bed and some dressers. And we put it out on, I have a separate network just for military families because they wanted it to go to a military family. I could have got rid of three of them, you know, within 10 minutes, you know. And uh, But uh, we had another uh, furniture uh, offer last week of some uh, tables and chairs and couches and stuff. And so, you know, we put that out and people find that. And, uh, you know, people call and say, you know, I, I my car needs some repair. Where can I go? And we help them find a, a repair shop, and if necessary, help them pay for it. And once in a while, you send them over to the Minnesota Military Family Foundation, and we help pay for that, too. It's a great partnership. Doug, what a wonderful relationship and what a wonderful organization to support your military families. Yeah, it sure is. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and 
you know, it's one of those, it's stories like that, that, you know, make your, your eyes leak a little bit, right? Because there are so many people out there that are so willing to support that want to support and, and maybe don't even know how to do it. And so I think it's important that our audience knows that they can get involved in the Yellow Ribbon Network. So they can be a part of getting those types of emails and provide the support uh, when needed, especially to our, our, our veterans and our military mem- members and families. That's exactly right. You remind me of a, a couple of businesses in town that uh, when someone had a flooded basement, there's a business that takes care of that. And they'll go out and, and many times they won't even charge them just because they know there's a military connection and plumbing and, you know, uh, mowing the grass, fixing the deck, putting on the gutters, washing the windows. So, Chuck, you're really connecting needy people with, with resources to help fill those resources. There are people out there that want to help, and the soldiers and, and their families that need to help, we just connect them. That's now, i got to ask a quick question about helping, though. I understand that you can help people when they're hungry on a something called like a hamburger night. Oh, yeah. So what's that all about? Well, a number of years ago, our Hugo American Legion, which has just been super supportive of us, uh, thanks go out to the Hugo American Legion, and they uh, they said, well, we, we have a, you know, a burger night. Would you like to serve burgers and, you know, charge five bucks for a burger? And this was, you know, 12 years ago, you know, five bucks, it's now seven, but... Um, should be ten. It should be. <laughs> Charge five bucks, give us two and a half for the groceries, and keep the other two and a half. So we first night we serve 40 people. Now we average 200. And you do this monthly? Every month, fourth Tuesday of every month. And what is, is amazing is is we have uh, retired military. We have gold star families. We have active duty military. We have community members. And um, um, they they come and they, they connect with one another and and that that's the greatest thing is it keeps the message out there in the community that we still have soldiers and airmen deployed and they and their families still need our help. Chuck, we got less than two minutes left, but I want to touch on the important part. When you're sending out 78,000 pounds of, of care packages, you still got to pay the postage. Yes, we do. When you're helping people out with uh, they need uh, they need some money to fix something, you're putting out money. Where do you where does the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network Make the money. Get the donations. How do you get that in so that you're ready to do these things? Well, one uh, big source of donations we had was the the Hall Foundation last year. They've given us a couple of big grants over the last couple of years. Uh, the the Hugo American Legion, the Centerville Hockey Association, the, the White Bear uh, Lions, the Hugo Lions, all these organizations that um, – uh, support us. A lot of them have these charitable gambling licenses, so they, they want to support a charity that way. They do that. We have people that, that work at Target and XL Energy and, they, you know, $10 a month. That just comes in automatically. So you're always looking for volunteers and donations. Yes. And sometimes, you know, I'll just go on one of the emails and say, you know, we got a family that's got, you know, an, a medical or a travel uh, need. You know, can somebody help? And somebody sends in $500 or $1,000 or Doug, he's making it sound pretty easy, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And so if there's someone listening right now and they want to support you specifically or the Hugo uh, Yellow Ribbon Network, how do they do that? Well, the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network is a, a IRS-designated 5013C3 charity, so you can get a tax deduction for it and just send your check to Hugo City Hall, 14669 Fitzgerald Avenue North, Hugo, Minnesota. And even though you're not a city council member anymore, they're backing you up pretty good. Well, they give me a room there to collect Girl Scout cookies and all that stuff. (laughs) 
Chuck, I want to thank you for coming back on the show, and thank you even more for supporting our military, our military families, our service members. You're doing a great job up in Hugo, and the people you've collected up on your networks is extraordinary. Keep up the good work, sir. It's great to be with you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chuck. That was Chuck Haas, the chair of the Hugo Yellow Ribbon Network on Minnesota Military Radio. Joining me now is the senior enlisted advisor to the adjutant general of the Minnesota National Guard, Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper. Sergeant Major, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Hey, good afternoon, Tom. Thanks for having me back. Sergeant Major, I understand you've been on the road uh, out there taking care of some floods. Absolutely. So this uh, past couple of days, myself and uh, Command Sergeant Major Sean Corr were uh, up in uh, northwest Minnesota in Crookston and Oslo, and we also hit up some of the uh, recruiting offices up in the upper northwest. But, uh, you know, we have uh, we had upwards of 51 soldiers that were uh, on state active duty assisting in Crookston. And now we've got about 17 soldiers that are up in Oslo assisting with the flooding that they have going on up there and, and uh, you know, walking the levees to ensure there's no breaches, things like that. So a little bit of issues up in the Red River Valley. You know, it's it's, it's a, a battle drill for two of the 136, our uh, combined arms battalion out of Moorhead. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it happens pretty much every year. Sergeant Major, I understand that uh, you've just recently got some approval for some uh, reenlistment or retention bonuses. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So on the Army side, um, we already have our state uh, bonus that's up to $15,000 for six years. And on the uh, so now we also have a federal bonus that soldiers can receive both going forward if they're qualified. And, uh, you know, that's a bonus of up to $20,000 for six years. So if a soldier reenlisted that was eligible, they would be able to receive up to $35,000 for six years. So pretty exciting. And that starts May 1st. So that's going to help you keep some uh, already well-trained people so that they can continue service to the state and the country. You know, it, it's a great motivator, and it's, a you know, partly with the state bonus, it was a way of saying thank you for your service, and I'm sure with the federal bonus, it's probably, you know, equivalent, uh, you know, saying thanks for your service. We want you to stay in a uniform. You know, if I was part of the retention and recruiting battalion, I think I'd be pretty excited about that, Sergeant Major. No, absolutely. It's, it, it's great news for all of our soldiers and their families. Very good. Now, Sergeant Major, uh, we didn't have time last time we talked, but I think you were going to tell me there's been some uh, changes or upgrades to the C-130s over at the 133rd? No, you know, so they're going through a process right now where they're um, adding, they're changing out from the four-bladed props on the Hercules, and they're going to go to an eight-bladed prop. Um, So the big deal is there, it just adds functionality of the aircraft and increases the lifespan of it. So it's it's a, it's a great deal for the 133rd and, you know, their airmen out at the base. And those things are like flying tanks, so they're pretty valuable to have around, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Between, you know, the federal mission that we were, we're always utilizing them for, and even, you know, when we had to use them for our state mission, going out to help uh, in, in D.C. last year. So it's it's proven, they're definitely proven their worth. So, Sergeant Major, for some of our listeners that might not know, you've got uh, the Army National Guard, which is uh, about 12,000 soldiers, and you've got the Air National Guard with about 1,000 airmen out at the 133rd and another 1,000 or so up at the 148th Fighter Wing up in Duluth. That's absolutely correct. Um, You know, on the 148th, as an example right now, we have over 300 airmen that are deployed to the Middle East. Uh, They fly F-16s up there, Block 50, and they're currently deployed in the Middle East. Um, you know, upwards of, like I said, three to 400 airmen and, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be coming back, hope, you know, in June, July into August, will be their redeployment back to the States. And that's an award-winning unit with some of the best aircraft in the United States. 
you know, and, and they and they keep doing phenomenal things, and the airmen and their families, you know, the type of uh, dedication and support that goes into, you know, these deployments are just incredible. Sergeant Major, we only got a little over a minute left, but I understand the Best Warrior competition uh, finished up. Yeah, you know, so again, for the state, we just conducted our Best Warrior competition a couple weeks ago, and proud to announce that the winner uh, for the, the Soldier of the Year was uh, Specialist uh, Nathaniel Miska. He's a uh, with the 850th uh, Engineer Company, which is part of the 682nd Engineer Battalion. And the NCO of the year is Sergeant Richard Carlson from um, our HHT, our Headquarters Headquarters headquarters, headquarters Troop of uh, 9-4 Cav up in Duluth. And they'll both end up competing uh, for the Regional Best Warrior, which is also being conducted up at Camp Ripley here uh, on the 11th through the 15th of May. Exciting stuff, and got through that with a couple of good winners this year. Sergeant Major, I want to thank you for joining us again today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tom. I appreciate getting the story out for what all of our great service members are doing. That was uh, Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper, Senior Enlisted Advisor to the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Dr. Dan Greenwood for the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System, Chuck Haas from the Hugo Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network, Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper, my co-host Doug Wortham, Commissioner Larry Herkey of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we talk about Shoot for the Troops and hear about suicide prevention with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.